This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, edition number 36. Joining myself, Omo, you've got my regular co-host, Mr. Mickey Simpson. Hello, pal. Hello, fella. You all right? Yeah, I'm trying to mix the intros up a little bit. I, see, I think I caught you off there a little bit myself now. Or... <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, it's just a 36. I think I thought we were on 36, but maybe not. Don't worry. I'm pretty sure it was 35 last time out, but we'll go 36. And uh, if we're, if I'm wrong, then I'll be banged to rights. But I think Mickey owes me a pint if I'm probably correct, which I think I am. Uh, joining me as always, and Mickey, you've, we've got regular co-host, Mr. Kai Bennett. Hello, pal. You good? Yeah, I'm good, man. I think you'll be getting that pint. I think it is 36. So, <laughs> Mickey's Well, technically, it, it, it's, it is 36. Yeah. But technically, I suppose the Kai's... Post match would have been the thirty six video as such, but no, it is thirty six. in that list. So thirty six. So you are correct, and a pint of phlegm is yours. 
Nice. Thank you, mate. Edition number 36, obviously, of the 2020-21 season. 21-22 season. Uh, as you can tell, we're professionals here anyway. But we're talking today a bit about our game at the weekend against Not the Forest, which saw Mill lose 1-0. Uh, Lewis Graham of all people striking right to death. Told you. Um, yeah, you did. And I think, you know, I predicted a tough game and it definitely was that on Saturday. Um, and obviously, we'll talk a bit also about some transfer rumours. A bit of a shorter episode today, but I think we're going to kind of touch over the transfer rumour mill. Uh, obviously, a couple of players linked with us, a couple of players linked with going away from the club, um, including Matt Smith of all people. So we'll be talking about that as well on the show. Uh, but we're going to go straight to part number one now, probably the only part, and be back in two seconds. All right, welcome to the first part. Kai, talk to me about Saturday. Like I mentioned at the start there, went 1-0 down, didn't we, to, uh, of all teams, Nottingham Forest. I predicted a tough game. I think we all did on uh, our previous pre, uh, pre-show, pre so to speak, of the game. And it was just that, wasn't it, on Saturday? And, you know, a few injuries as well, which we'll talk about. But, no, not the greatest performance for me all, but there you go. It's one of those ends where I suck it up and try and go again against Blackpool on the weekend. It had to be him, didn't it? Yeah. Of all people, like anyone else, it had to be him. But no, I think it was a. I was literally just about to tweet that it was one of the most entertaining goalless draws I've ever seen in my life. But then, as I look up, yeah, he's from goal. Yeah, never, never won. Never, never won. Should never do that. Really, uh, probably take the blame for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, honestly, like I, it, it was one of them games. You know, we could have won it about two, three minutes earlier, couldn't we? Bennett had a really good chance. Um, probably should do a little bit better. But you know, that that's that's. That's the that's the fine margins, isn't it? That you know, one thing goes your way and you win the game. One thing goes your against you and, and you lose the game. I think, I think the first thirty minutes the other day was a really good start to the game. We we were all over them. They couldn't get a foothold in the game. And we had some good chances. Bradshaw put one straight across the face of goal. We'll see Scott Malone was inches away from like from getting the gate spot on the end of it, which would have made us one would have put us one new up. Uh, but the thing I think that we're lacking at the moment when we're on top, we we fail to sort of uh, capitalise on it and and you know put put down a marker like when you're on top you need to you need to score just to be able to you know at least give yourself something to work with but you know we, we, we don't really score in them them, them uh, situations and I, I what I remember is we, we tend to we tend to score when we're sort of the game's quite equal don't we or we're we're, we're under the cosh and we sort of counter-attack mm-hmm. um you need to try and capitalize on the on the dominate on dominate on the domination of the first 30 minutes I think we did that I think we won the game but yeah it's a shame especially of, of grabbing to score but yeah there was positive signs just not enough to win the game, unfortunately. It's a characteristic of our side, isn't it, Ricky? You know, where when there's backs against the wall, kind of classic Millwall, we, we tend to kind of put performance in. But when the onus is on us to take the game to teams, we can show glimmers of it. You know, you've got players in there that try and make things happen. You know, obviously, Kyle referring to that first 30-minute spell. But ultimately, with Millwall, it just boils down to them finer margins where when push comes to shove, we seem to turn up, but we can't really take the onus to teams at times. And... Obviously, Saturday was a good example of that, you know, not taking the chance we had. And obviously, late in the game, seemed to tie away as the game went on. And Forrest just seemed to keep growing and growing in confidence and were keen to take three points away from SC16, weren't they? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, first half, again, we were all right. And then the second half, we just started to let them back into the, um, back into the game. And, you know, the trouble was they were getting stronger and stronger and stronger as we were going through the game and, you know, Nottingham Forest just seemed to be, you know, building on that strength. They was just seemed to where we were tiring to a degree and, you know, the loss of a couple of our players didn't do us any favours. Um, really fucked us up to be, to be fair. I mean, why the fuck 
you know, no disrespect to Thompson, but you know, he hasn't played for ages. We had Lovelace as well. Why why he he didn't bring on another player, but brought on Thompson, I don't know. Um he'll only know that. But yeah, no, look, you know, Thompson is a is a good player and I'm you know, he's a good lad, he's a Millwall fan, and everything else. But it was just you just it was you knew it was one of those afternoons. You knew that when Bradshaw got injured, when OJ got injured, that you just knew that Graven was going to score the cunt. You just knew it was coming. Yeah, I mean, I expected a tough game, and I think we definitely got that. I think looking at the second half stats, Kai, I was quite surprised to see it. You know, I think it was you said obviously just before we came on air there, you was thinking about tweeting about how the game was entertaining nil nil. I think in the second half there was twelve corners in the second half alone. Uh, Forrest was just taking the onus to us though as the game went on and I was, I was surprised to see uh, in the second half we actually allowed them to have 18 efforts on goal which I think is probably a record at the Den where the opposition are just constantly at times I mean I know Bart made a couple of good saves in the second half in particular it just it felt like it was coming but at the same time we were still in it you know Phobia had that chance at the death and it, it could have been another day you know another result but I think you have to give Forrest credit where it's due and I think they probably deserve to maybe just edge that game on Saturday yeah, I think so. There were spells in the second half, as you said, that we just couldn't quite get out. And there was, I think there was a couple of corners, about three, two or three corners back to back. And they had a couple of, three or four really good opportunities to score. And any any one of them dropped the right way. I think Yates ended up uh, sort of give, clearing. Like, we, we sort of ended up getting, getting out of the pressure by, I think it was Yates. I think he tried to, like an overhead sort of like flick, I guess, and went over the bar. And that sort of like cleared the pressure for a bit. But there was a period there where they could have scored a couple of goals. There was one when um, all the way across the face of goal, Hutchinson clears it for a corner. Ball comes in. There's a couple like one was cleared off the line. It was like a little scramble in the box. Then Yates has that. Like they could have scored a couple of times. I was quite surprised it was still nil nil. But then you know that's the second half. You like that you know in games where they miss chances. You're hoping that okay they've missed a chance. They've missed a couple of chances. Let's hope we can now go on and and, and nick it, nick it, and you know get a, get a, get a win. And and we nearly did. Obviously, Benick. That that chance is a really good chance. I think it's difficult coming across his body, but um, yeah, I feel like we should have done a little bit better than that. Anywhere else, apart from straight the keeper, he scores. You know, we win the game. But yeah, injuries did kill us. I think um, it was hard to hard to see. I mean, I, I I mean, you know, obviously Thompson's a Millwall fan, and I always love Thompson because you know he always gives his all. But I just question, you know, maybe he could have brought on. I don't know. Like obviously Mahoney was on the bench, wasn't he, on Saturday? And and Bury. Maybe, yeah, or Bury, Bury, Mahoney, they're probably more like for like for Ojo, aren't they? Yeah. Than than Thompson. Um but yeah, I'll, I'll never I never hide anything against Thompson just because of the way he's a Millwall fan, he gives it his all and stuff. And it's you know, but uh, but apart from that little period in the second half, maybe it was probably a 10, 15 minute spell where we just couldn't get anything. And then the last sort of five, ten minutes, we just we just seemed to rush things and we just wanted to constantly try and pass pass our way out, kept losing it. But there's times to get rid of the ball and just clear the pressure for a little bit, you know. And yeah. I think we didn't manage the game well enough on Saturday, and that's where we got we got done. Mickey, you <sighs> mentioned the the injuries. Um, I think you know second half Paul's maybe put pay to that. Uh, but obviously Ojo was suspected ankle injury. I've not seen anything in the week just yet about the results of his scan. I, I don't know if you. I don't know. He's wearing a boot. There's a picture yeah. on Instagram and that of him wearing a boot, and Millwall's put. You know, hope hope you get well soon. You know, hope you get better soon and all that. So, I mean, realistically, he's probably back at Liverpool now. Um, it's hard to say. I think also as well the killer blow, especially fresh from his new contract deal. Tom Bradshaw suspected a knee, knee injury. We don't actually know what's happened yet, 
But I know um, the manager referred after the game that Bradshaw heard a pop, which could at times mean some sort of ligament damage there. And obviously a similar injury to what he's had a couple of years ago now when he first signed for the club. It's not the best of news, obviously, when we're particularly light on the ground up front, I feel like at times. And obviously a rich vein of form for Bradshaw. And it's kind of put to an end that. And hopefully just you've got to pray and touch wood that it's not as bad as the first fears, Mickey. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw the other thing from the medics were saying, you know, he's got a bit of extra movement in his knee, which isn't normally a good sign. Um, if it is ACL again on the other leg or even the same leg or, or you know, other ligament damage there, then you've got to feel sorry for the, the fellow, mate. Do you know what I mean? He was just fucking starting to come on the form and this happened, but it did look nasty. It looked as if he went in for that slide and his boots just caught and it just with his body weight going down, he just twisted wrong and it looked fucking painful. Um, Give him his due, he played on for a little bit and then he had to come off because it was just fucking in bits. But <sighs> football's a cunt, mate, especially supporting Millwall. It's a cunt because um, when we look as if we're starting to go in the right direction, um, things just suddenly turn on its arse, doesn't it? But... Um, Still, don't worry. We need a couple of strikers, and Gary's out in the market for a fucking defender. So um, from Wolves, so don't worry. We're we're gonna be there, mate. We'll talk. I don't know where about... he's gonna fit in, but yeah, yeah we, we we'll have another defender. Why not? We'll talk more about transfers in a minute. I actually think that Sanson might be a good player, but we'll talk about that in more detail in a bit. Um, with obviously Bradshaw's injury, Kai, um, it puts more of an onus on a phobie, and this is sod's law. You know, being selfish from a club point of view, there. You've backed Bradshaw. I suspect he probably would have signed a deal maybe to the end of 2024. Um, end of it season, anyway. Yeah. Well, they don't actually reveal, reveal the figures nowadays or the actual term of the length. But if you assume no, but... he's 29 years old, he's probably just been handed a two year extension, I imagine. Maybe with an option. Is, yeah. He's 29, 30 years old in the summer. It's sod's law for the club, isn't it, there, Kai? And obviously, like I said, a lot of onus now on a phobia to try and kick on and do the business for us. No, I agree. I think I think that's the problem, isn't it? I think it's, always, it's almost like a little curse, that isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you see managers win manager of the month, and then they they go down on a, a, a you know the spiral of, of of bad of bad performances and bad results. I think that's pretty similar with contracts and stuff. You know, he got rewarded for a fantastic uh, bit of form. Uh, him and Afobi were starting to build something I describe as quite special up there. I thought they were quite they were starting to really click, and I think that was probably. One of the, you know, that that partnership they were building was probably the last time I've seen that. It's probably Morrison and Gregory. Obviously, you won't go that far, obviously, because they weren't paid as many games. But that sort of, that sort of, uh, you know, quality up there, and then and know knowing what each other going to do all the time. I mean, you saw it at Hull. Uh, Benick puts Bradshaw through, and you know he knew exactly where Bradshaw was. He put him straight through, um, and even Ojo in behind was they, they all the three of them were starting to build something. There, Ojo has clicked. He he's playing really well and. Yeah, it's a real to lose one was was a blow. To lose two is is a massive blow. So that's disappointing. Obviously, with Jed injured as well, that's that's frustrating. Um, you know, so hopefully this week we'll we'll get get some business done and hopefully hopefully at least get one in by Blackpool because we are really light, light, aren't we? So do you know what's going to happen? Jed ain't going to go in the January window. He's going to stay with us, and he's going to hit a fucking run. You can just see it written, can't you? He's going to go for a run, mate, and and we're getting the playoffs, and he'll leave at the end of the season to go somewhere. But we're we're we'll be there or thereabouts, mate. And you well, can just point, see 
we're nine points away from Middlesbrough now in the playoffs, and Middlesbrough are flying. West Brom have faltered of late, so you know you could say there's a couple of teams they could catch, but I think there's too many teams above us now that are hitting good run of form. Not the Forest being one of them, you know they had two losses before our game, but they seem to go in the right direction. I think I'm not going to say playoffs is completely out of the picture, but if you're being realistic right now with the injuries we've got and the squad that's oh, quite yeah. thin on the grounds, um, it would take a miracle for something special to happen like that. Oh, I just it, you could but, just see it written though, couldn't you? That Jed fucking suddenly comes on some form of form, he suddenly comes back and he hits some form. And we start fucking knocking goals in and we start fucking getting wins and moving up. And it would just be one of those that it'd get us there, but then he'd go. Um, and he still wouldn't be a legend, even if he did that. I think it's um, you'd be wrong there. If, he, if we get promoted, he would be a legend for that reason. Oh, if he but, got promoted through his goal scoring, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> if he got us, got us to the playoffs and then fucked off, you know, I don't think... Well, you've got to see if we get to the playoffs and we're on a momentum, we're probably going to win the playoffs. But no, let's be realistic there, though. I think... Ultimately, if you look at the season now so far, we're 25 games into the league campaign. Eight wins, nine draws, eight defeats, 27 goals scored, 28 goals against. It's just been a really average season so far, hasn't it, chaps? I mean, I don't expect much different. Like, you know, we're a relatively small fish in the championship pond. You know, you see Fulham smashing teams left, right and centre every week. And tonight, as we're recording, they won by six goals to two against Birmingham. It's a tough league, Kai. We know it at the best of times, but what's it going to take? I guess we'll move on to the transfers now. What what does it, what do we need to do? Or what's the club's direction do you feel like we need to take now where we've got to try and, it feels like it needs to be a rebuild again. And, and, and there's not been a rebuild anyway. We can't do drastic changes because financial backing is not necessarily there at times. And, you know, we're not going to take risks like that. But it feels like we're just kind of meandering to a mid-table finish, which I think we would all took at the start of the season. We all had hopes of higher and above. But, a mid-table finish again wouldn't be the worst case scenario, but what needs to change for us to really kick on in this division? If you look at the other good teams in this league, for example, I think Dan uh, the other day Dan Marsh uh, summarised it really well. I think that obviously the overhaul in the attacking department is quite clear to see, especially in the summer. But yeah. with Matt Smith, looks like he's um, off to Salford and, and Bob Vars and saving Omar from doing a doing a swim in Blackpool at the moment. You know that that's you know that's. I think he's not going to go before Saturday, but I don't think he'll be involved. So I feel like I've taken a win here because I knew this would happen. But he's rumoured to be going Bolton, isn't he? And I think talks are slowly progressing there. I think it'll be a case of loan to the end of the season, but there's no recall or no sending back clause, and he's done. That's the end of his contract, isn't it? It feels like anyway. But that's how I it feels. Yeah. There's something there, isn't there? There's something in the clause why they're not playing him. There's I don't something... think it's through the clause. It's more so I think because he, he sees that he's. He's up the end of this season, isn't he? His contract's up the end of this season. But there's no clause there, I don't think, Mickey. I think because he's not played a single league game this year, has he? Are you sure he just, they just, we're just not playing him because he's not good enough? Correct, because he's shit. I'm sorry, Bud Farton. I don't mean that in a... In a... Yeah, but we were in trouble now. We, we could potentially have to play him But then this is on we Saturday. Should have, we could have, could have and should have played him when we had all that COVID. And I don't <clears> know if we had COVID anyway, because we don't see who had it, but... If he's gone to Iceland and we've got Lovelace on the bench and he's 15 years old, we'd rather have a 15-year-old on the bench than Bud Fartson. There's something seriously wrong there. We'll never know what actually is the story and you never quite do. But it is a weird ton of events, considering as well you're letting Matt Smith go, like Kai said there, to Salford, which is rumours be almost done and it's going to be probably happening sooner rather than later. So that leaves us with Bradshaw, who's injured, and then you've got... Benicophobi and Mason Bennett left in the forward line area. Scary prospect, that isn't it, Mickey? I mean, what 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 what's what's going to be done here? Like, you know, Bud Farson's going to go. He should have been gone a while ago. And, and the thing is, like, I, I kind of want Wallace to go at this point, and I think he will go. 
because we need some <laughs> money to reinvest in the squad here. We need to make some changes here and kick and yeah. do something. I mean, there's a few bits and pieces floating around. It looks as if we're heavily looking over on the continental teams. Um, we're looking at some ex PSV player and and some other players. We'll see where we go with that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think if we can if we can nick two million for Jed, get rid of him now. Um, but you know, realistically, if he's if he's not injured, and realistically, no club's going to want to sign an injured player at the minute, are they? Really, um, not with a big investment, just in case it turns long term. Um, then. You know, is it is it better to have him if he's if he's half fit, maybe play him and see what he can do for us because he is he is a threat when he's on the pitch. But you know, who's it, sorry, Jed? Jed, yeah. Um, but he got some shit this week, didn't he, or someone? Lewis well, what we or something? Because okay, so let's let's try and sit sit very much in the middle on this one. We've been told he was training all last week, and then he's got a. Tear in his quad injury again, Kai. I mean, yeah. is that what's been? I think that's. Then? I think that was it. Um, yeah, there's it was... something there. That's that's what's rumours been saying. Yeah, there is something there. I think this this is the, the actual line that's come from Rowett, right? And obviously, a fan has tweeted him, and then Jed's gone back to him and said, "Look, my commitment's always been there. I've played over 200 games for Millwall. I've never not made myself available to play." But let's be honest, lads. I feel like if this is Jed Wallace with two years on his contract and is playing for Millwall week in week out which he has been up to this point, I feel like he's always been that player that's always played for injury. Harris has always said it when he was in the manager. I'm not saying this is an injury he could have done played through, but he's obviously, I feel like, maybe being more cautious at the moment. I think that's a, probably an obvious read there, Mickey. I, I don't know if I'm being... No, I, I think you're being... I don't know I think, look, he is. So, but like, one... it, it's hard to say. Maybe if he was 100 fit, he would have played Saturday. But I am playing devil's advocate here. And I, this is football. Do you know what I mean? This is modern-day football. We're not stupid. Especially when there's like life changing money involved, potentially, you don't know what he can be owned at Nottingham Forest, potentially, or anywhere he goes. If he's got a small tear and he could have played for it a year or two ago, he probably would have done. Now, he's probably not going to because he knows he's got a new transfer sooner rather than later that doesn't want to jeopardise. No, I totally agree with you. And I think that's the problem with modern football. You know, Lyle, Lyle Taylor no was the one. Him, I have no problem. No, no, but it's like Lyle Taylor, wasn't it? Lyle Taylor didn't want to play for the last few games because he didn't want to get injured because he had a big payday coming. Which, you know, I can understand with him, you know, at the end of the day, he didn't want to get risk it and, and throw it all away. I mean, Jed, I think, slightly different. He's he's not necessarily, we're not necessarily going to get a payday out of him. But, you know, um, do, I think, he's, still do I think he's refusing to play? I don't think he's refusing to play. I think he probably has got an injury, but is it as bad as what we're being told, you know, is being made out to be? Or is it the fact that actually playing might just tweak it that little bit more? And he might fail a medical. So, you know, I, it could, to be fair, it could be 50-50 with the club. The club's going, look, if you're adamant on going during the January sale, in the January transfer window, then I don't think you should be playing competitive games where you have got a slight, you know, pull or slight tear or something on there. But we keep you training, keep your match fitness up and all of that lot, rather than it's him going, oh, you know, I don't want to risk a tear. I think probably, to be fair, the club's looking out for their investment because at the moment they're going, we get rid of him during the transfer window. We can make a million and a half, two million. And don't forget, they've still got to play. Uh, is it Wolves? Is it Wolves they've got to pay? Yeah, I think I've seen some sell-on clause rumoured there. I'm, I'm not mm. sure what that's about. I mean, I mean, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Because he was young when he left. But I don't know, that that's... 
If a lot of clubs true, stick the club, the club will have to they'll have to think about that as well, don't they? So a lot of clubs put put like a 10, 15, 20% sell-on clause just in case they get sold on or or you know, especially if you've got a half decent player. Um, you know, at one point, you know, realistically, five, eight million you could have got for him, couldn't you? Plus. Probably even more, especially yeah. at one point or another. There was always that rumoured link with Aston Villa and obviously that double deal with George Savile and him to go to Middlesbrough at the time, which could have touched £15 million at the time, which is crazy money to think now, considering we might be losing him on a free if we don't sell him this window. Um, is there still room maybe to think that he could sign the contracts or is that dead in, dead in the water now, do we feel like? What, what do Unless we get high? premiership. Unless we're looking to be there, but I think it's all to do with the way the team's playing, the way the direction the team's going. I mean, you know, the last few games haven't necessarily played well suited for him, have they? Um, mm. You've got to look at the formation, what would suit him and what he is a traditional football player, isn't he? he? He's a traditional old style football player, I'd say. And I just think that the way Rowett's looking to move into modern football as a Greek, as a, as a whole and, I don't know if he really fits into that way of thinking. Don't That's the only good bullets fits into everything about Gareth. Like, do, 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 do you think that? Do you think he fits into Forest then? Because like the what I saw of Forest the other day is they they're quite. I mean, I mean, one thing I would like to see from Forest is I thought that Keenan Davies was absolutely unreal. Honestly, mm. he was. He's he's what like he's just so strong, isn't he? Like, but him and Hart are having a proper old wrestle there, and and he came out quite a few times on top. So. He, you know, I was quite impressed with him the other day. Um, I mean, he's been rumoured to go quite quite a few times, hasn't he? In the last couple of years, he got injured, then something else happened. But yeah, he's a really good player for Forest. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Kuru plays a lot of attacking, doesn't he? A few other players we've been linked with anyway. That Sane Fleming link is not going away. The Fortuna Sittard midfielder, who was quite in a way to say it's a nice option to move to the Championship. Um, and obviously, he kind of spoke nicely of Mill, saying Mill's a nice option. But you know how last summer went. Um, is that because we couldn't get a deal over the line last summer? Is it that was no, Forest? That was, was Forest. Yeah, they they right. just they wouldn't sell him. And I don't. I saw something on um, Twitter the other day, one from the Fortuna Sittard's manager. I think it basically, obviously, because you get it all in the in the Dutch, but I trans, you can translate it on Twitter, and it says something like, "We're going to tie him into the stadium or something." Right. Like that, and like laughing, and so he was laughing after it. So I mean, they clearly don't want them go, um, yeah. but they're in a relegation battle, aren't they? So they wouldn't want to let their star man go. Um, he's yeah. still got, I don't know, I think he's still got quite a good contract as well, what people are saying. So, um, yeah, it's another one. But he's a good player, though. Another one that's gone dead in the water, it appears, tonight anyway, at the time of recording, which is Tuesday the 18th, uh, Louis Sibley. Um, he seems he's not going anywhere, according to Derby County. I think Mill stumped up £450,000, according to Richard Cowley, from the South London Press. I mean... Mickey, I guess if they're not budging, but you'd think if it's a club in administration, they'd have to sell these players. But I guess well, it's on as well, yeah. But I suppose like a lot of the time they when they're in administration, a lot of these administrators cash strap the club and take money where they can and sell left, right, and centre. I but, guess the valuation they've got, Mill are not getting close to it. I suppose in that sense. How much would you value him for? He's got to be. He's got to be a million, million and a half, maybe two. Yeah, they reckon. They reckon two. That's what the fans, yeah. I'll be fans are saying on Twitter. But so realistically, you know, we've gone in there on the cheap, really, haven't we? Um, but Derby's he in trouble, hasn't he, for a while. No, but Derby's in trouble, though. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Derby with stuff what's they've got going on at the minute, mate. They're banging trouble, and you know, realistically, they could be. You know, if they can't play their players, 
very soon in, or, or, you know, pay their players to fulfil the rest of it. They could be kicked out of the league. So, you know, plus they've got stuff going on with Middlesbrough and stuff going on with fucking Wickham. So they're banging trouble, mate. I'm surprised. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Picture this, you're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to monday.com. It's really that I think maybe we go back with a slightly better offer, maybe closer to a mil, maybe six, seven hundred. Um, and you might start, you know, you might start flexing their their faults as if to say, yeah, maybe we need to get rid of him. Um, it feels like there's no sense of urgency, though. And I think, you know, you've still got a couple of weeks. To I see many of it this this transfer window, though, January does it is anyway? a really hard window, notoriously, to do business, though. That's the problem you've got. Um, and that's why, like, clubs don't want to sell their players because they don't want to, they can't replace them necessarily. So it's hard to do business in the January window. And it's, of course, the club will have a list of options they want to go for and who they think would be a good this player in this position or a good player in that position. Ultimately, though, if, the, you know, January, no clubs are obliged to sell unless you're Derby County, I thought, but there you go. I mean, we're playing down Derby here, Mickey, but if you took away their point deduction, they'd be above me on the league table this year. But they're not, so he cares. But <laughs> I think it, should, it highlights the work anyway Rooney's doing there. Well, one player, I, you... one player I'd like yeah. for Derby was Tom Lawrence. What yeah, player he is. Yeah, yeah. We had this conversation earlier, right, when, when me and Kai were talking earlier this evening, right? And, um... Who's that? Oh, no. Um, and, um... And... If Rooney become available, say say Rowett um, left, would you would you have Rooney at Millwall? He wouldn't come anyway to me. It's a sideways step. He's only going upwards and he's managerial. Yeah, I think he'll probably end up going to Everton. But no, it's just saying with Kai because I said, no, I wouldn't want him there. If you offered me Rooney now and like we could get him right now, he probably wouldn't be top of my list of managers to go for. But he's clearly got a good thing going at Derby County, hasn't he? And... He seems to have mucked in together with everyone. I don't know if he's rumoured to have been like helping financially with some staff and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, you know, he's done really well for his career and done well for himself. So, you know, it's, he seems to have kind of, kind of found a siege mentality there at Derby. And I think all the fans have bought into it. And, you know, what, a fair play to him, I think. I, I know that like, they're miles off it still. I think they're on 14 points. But, you know, they're still close. And they could easily drag Red in, even Cardiff into it. Morrison's Cardiff's not doing that great at the minute. Um, it's interesting, really. You, you never really know what could um, come about, and I do they're think only eight points up, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think they're worth a punt to stay up. To be honest, I really do, and I think they just kind of got good characters in around the team there, hasn't it? And I think they seem to be like you know hanging on there anyway. So good luck to them. Um, but yeah, obviously, Saint Fleming we mentioned. Obviously, Dion Sanderson's been mentioned. Um, Kai, do you know much about him? I think he's a left wing back slash first time midfielder, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think he's. I think he's a centre back. 
Right, okay. Um, I remember when we played Birmingham in December, he played, I think he played at centre-back in like a back three. Right. So I think he suits the back three quite well. Um, but I've seen him, he's a really good player. He's really good on the ball. Uh, he's quite quick, um, good in the air, quite strong. De- definitely for me, when we played Birmingham, I was really, I thought he was the, uh, so, I reckon he was probably miles ahead of any of the, their centre-backs. I thought he was really good. Um, and I take him at Millwall. Um, but, you know, do we need one? I mean, the only question maybe maybe is that we saw something the other day, I don't know if we saw it, but Murray Wallace or something needs got a shoulder injury or something I think I saw. Mm-hmm. See, Murray's out. You know, it leaves us with bare bones of centre-backs now. Daniel Ballard due to return, I think it's early Feb, mid-Feb, something like that. Um, so, yeah, we could, you know, if Murray is out for a while, we could do with another one. But obviously, I think the priority has to be in the in the attacking line, in the attacking options rather than the defensive and midfield ones. How many people like do you think we need to bring Go on, Mickey, sorry. How many people do you think we're going to need to bring in? This is what I'm saying. I feel like it's, it's a bit of a mess at the moment. Like, up front, especially... Was so short, so so short, and I think if you let us asking earlier, like what is it that we need to be recruiting? What kind of ilk do we need? Because like it, we're probably going to bring in, you know, players that Rat might have worked with before, or you know, players that are kind of fit in the mold of what we got at the moment. Whereas we need to change it up. We need to find some more dynamism. You know, where it's like we, there's no kind of prospect at the moment in our team. There's no one that's like really grabbing the headlines and taking the game. And I think the way we set up is it's never going to change. I, I don't think that's going to be something that's going to happen overnight either. But I just I don't see the real direction of where we're going. I think we're just kind of meandering in the middle, which, like I said, you can't knock it because we could easily have been in League One again. And statistically, we're a League One championship side, Championship League One. But it's hard to see what... What can we do? I mean, I see Charlie Kirk has been linked. Kai, a player that plays at Charlton, obviously left winger. He's linked with Blackpool. I've always thought he's a decent player when he was at Craig Alexandria before. I mean, I don't know why we don't. I'm not saying we should go for that player, but are we looking to League One, the League Two? Are we looking at these kind of players that you know could really, you know, catch the game or try and you know grab headlines in them leagues for the right reasons? You look at a life for game for Sun tonight. Brace. He's not the option, but you know. Yeah. We need to. Are we looking at these? Are we looking at the right areas? Maybe I don't know. What, what, what do you think about that recruitment wise? I don't know. I think I think the I think we need to be you know League One and League Two. Obviously, you find gems there. I mean, Brentford found uh, Watkins, didn't they? There, you know, I think it was Exeter. I mean, Charlie Kirk, decent player, but don't think he's done very well for Charlton since moving there. Quite quite a big quite quite a good amount of hype around him, and then has never really lived out to live up live, live up to that hype. Um, um, but you know, I think the I think the the market that I'd like to see us go is is the is the you know foreign market, and I think that's what we're starting to do, and that's that's I think that's where you get the most money. That's where you get the the best the best value for your money, I think. Because um, you look at Brentford, I think they brought in Benrahma, one point five, Mbwemo, one point five, uh, Mope, one point five, round them sort of figures. I mean, Ivan Tony and Watkins obviously are, are different. They they brought them in for the lower leagues, but. That that sort of transfer policy works, you know. So my argument it, to Brentford, so it's button days. I feel like you could have plucked X, Y, and Z, and because Brentford play this style of play, they're more likely to produce than they are if you bring them into a mill setup, for example. I feel like our setup is not to control the game. It's not to, you know, outscore teams. It's it's to be in games and try and win them one or two nil. You know, like. 
And I know that sounds a really simplistic way of saying it, but I don't think you could pluck players out. I look at Peterborough all the time, League One, they cycle through strikers. Johnson Clark Harris was, you know, an average championship slash League One player. He goes to Peterborough, scores 30 goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do feel like you can promote these players by making them look a bit better when you put them into a side that is dominating the ball at times. And I feel like with Millwall in particular, Kyle, that I don't think you can pluck these kind of players out of nowhere and just put them into our side. I mean, I mean, I'm happy to be proved wrong, but I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I mean, I absolutely agree. And I think like it depends how you play. But the only thing I'd say is I don't think Brentford have played the way they do forever. I remember right. when Brentford were when I was growing up when when I was younger. Brentford were always quite a. I always quite thought Brentford was quite similar to us in the way that they were quite compact. They could be quite good defensively. And I think it's by the cycle. I think Thomas Frank's done a brilliant job there. I think in the way that he's brought these players in, and yeah. he's had it. He, and as you mentioned about direction before, he knows what direction he wants to take the club, and he knows what what he wants to play, and it's worked for him. And, and he's you know he's done really well. And their, their transfer policy is sign players young. They're they're now looking to. I think they saw today they were looking to sign Brennan Johnson from Forest. Um, he must be 20, 21. Yeah. Um, quite well for us this year. Done, did really well for Lincoln last year. That's the policy. You know, that's the that's the way you have to look at it. Um, I think but policy probably comes from the top, isn't it? You know, yeah. Matthew Benham's the owner there. I think they had a director of football that was involved. And there's a couple of other characters there that kind of pull the strings at the club. This is back to my point, Mickey, that I always say to you, like, yeah. who, is, who is the decision maker at the club that is going to be sustainable past Gary Rowett. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no one on the board, in my opinion, that is a footballing kind of strategic person. We put a lot of trust, which is obviously a good thing for a manager to have. We put a lot of trust into the manager and say, you pick your players. The manager oversees a lot of the staff, and I think they even have their say in the recruitment department. Whereas if you look at Brentford, Brentford will sign players that the manager might not want, but they go, well, this is the player that will fit into our way of playing. This is how we want to play. This is what we want to do. This is our strategy. Whereas with Millwall, we put a lot of trust and a lot of power into the manager's hands. And I feel like, you know, it's good for the manager, obviously, but maybe Rowett's not really proven that he's signing players out of nowhere that are turning into gems, if that makes sense. Is that, is, that a difference between, is that a difference between having a head coach and a manager, I guess? Because if you have a head coach, then you, the, I guess the owner would get more involved, the chief executive, all the, you know, the transfer recruitment, they get more involved. Whereas you've got a manager, I guess they... Yeah, much more influential now. We hear of horror stories as well. Like, I'm not saying this is the answer, but if you look at Norwich City, they've got Stuart Weber in charge there, in charge of transfers. You look at Brentford, they've got a director of football in place there. You look at Fulham, the similar sort of thing where, but then these clubs sat their managers every six months if they're not performing. So, you know, Mill's not that sort of club. Yeah. And like, you know, I think since Berylson's come in, he put a lot of trust in Jacket. Jacket was plucking players out of nowhere. Your Jimmy Abduj, your David Fords, and these are all Kenny Jacket signings. You look at Neil Harris, he picked out Sean Hutchinson, Jed Wallace, George Savills. You know, George Savills kind of here beforehand as well. You know, even Gregory was obviously a player that Holloway signed, but obviously Harris nurtured. And then now you look at Rowett, and I don't think Rowett signed anyone that since he's been here that I'm looking at thinking there's some longevity there. He's given the chance to a couple of players and, you know, Billy Mitchell's kind of flourished under him and he's come into the side. But if you look at, like, the signings he's made since he's been here, Mason Bennett, Scott Malone, Keithton Belt, Evans, there's not really anyone there that is kind of... They're all players he's known, isn't it? It's to come. These are players he's worked with before, players that, you know, he trusts, which is fine, because he mm. knows they'll do a job, but we're not really looking at a directive there, it's all kind of mix and match of players he's had previously, I feel like. 
No, I agree. I, I think, you know, he's gone for the easy option. Well, not the easy option, but he's gone for an option where he can hit the ground running, isn't he? Rather than trying to, you know, coach players to 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 make them better. Um, you know, we've got players in the youth set up what are there and coming through. Um, and hopefully we've got more coming through in the future. But again, if we don't sign the right attacking players coming into this window, then hopefully they will use the youth players. But I think you're right. I think with a director of football, I think that is a, a, a good, safe position. I know it doesn't work all the time, but it's a great way to go because, you know, when Neil Harris left, he took the backroom staff with him as such, you know, and then what's his name left? What's his name come in? He brought in his backroom staff and he brought in his recruitment guru for what he wanted, guy he worked with before at Birmingham. Well, we've got Harvey Bustle, that's who it is, who's, hmm. we don't really see much from him. He's, I guess he's in the background, but obviously the two of them come as a pair and it wouldn't surprise me if, if Rowett left, probably Harvey Bustle will go with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, hmm. it's his man for recruitment because he worked with him at Birmingham. I, I just, I, I just think there needs to be a directive change, I think, long-term at Mill that kind of, this is how Mill are going to play. And you're the manager that we believe can do it, or you're the coach that we believe can do it. Uh, I just think that I feel like we're, if we want to go to the next level and try and punch above our weight, as we all like to stay in hope, I just think that maybe there's a directive there that needs to be changed. And if, if anyone's listening to this and agrees with us or disagrees, it'd be great to get your thoughts on that. Um, just to wrap things up before we do go, though, I saw that an interesting one is um, obviously not quite worked out for him at uh, St. Johnston, Kai, but Hayden Muller's back at the, in the fold at Millwall. I think obviously injuries have kind of helped him to come back. It leaves us, you know, with Alex Mitchell out on loan. There's no real need to call him back for more because he's playing every week there. But Muller back in, involved. I mean, could maybe see him maybe get a couple of bit of game time, maybe Kai. Yeah, he hasn't done. He hasn't got many appearances at St Johnson. But every time I've seen Hayden Muller, he's always looked a really good player and a really good bit of, you know, a really good has really good potential. Uh, good on the ball, quite strong. Uh, can play in a few different positions. So yeah, I'm excited to see him. Hopefully. Uh, we'll see him sooner rather than later and, and get a chance to potentially even have three Millwall Academy products in the side at once. I think he could be interested in the right side centre-half position. Obviously, Hutchinson's kind of there at the moment. Um, well, yeah, I suppose it is Hutch there. But I, I do wonder whether or not maybe we could see a bit of change there, maybe move Hutch to the centre position and maybe see Hayden Muller feature at times. Um, but it'd be interesting if he obviously performs in training, whether he gets the opportunity to play Mickey. And the same goes to like to Bury. Obviously, he's still here. He was on the bench on Saturday, not used. But I think because he plays in the cup, he can only go back to Hartlepool, which is what they've kind of mute will happen. But I don't think he could play for another club this year. So it's either stay at Mill or go to Hartlepool with Bury. Um, another one that if we don't obviously recruit and we lose Wallace, I imagine he'll probably stay and get some game time as well. Yeah. Um, you sound infused, mate. Are you all right? Yeah, no, I completely uh, tell me that question again. I, I fucking took it in, and then when I went away from my mouth, it just dropped Bury. straight out of my head. No, I think, yeah, no, I think, sorry, yeah, no, I think he's um, I don't think he needs to go back. I think we need to have him playing, but again, you know, realistically, why didn't he fucking play him on Saturday? Why bring Thompson on instead of him? It was an ideal opportunity, really, to bring him on instead. and we didn't. I don't think Thompson done himself. I don't think he did bad. Saturday. I don't think he did bad at all. But it was a it was a weird decision, wasn't it, to suddenly bring Thompson on when he hasn't played he hasn't played in the championship what this season. I think he's played a couple of under twenty three games. You know, was he was he? I mean, he'll always give his 
is my, it, it, you know, he'll always give his must and give his his whole for us. But you just think like you're putting a lot of pressure on a player when you've got one what was playing, you know, and and played not long ago. He played what against Palace as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, you could have brought him on. He done a job at Palace as well. We saw what he did at Palace, um, and, and he played well for us there. You would have thought that actually, let's bring him on. He could have livened up a little bit. He's got he's got some fucking pace down that side, and we could have livened it up a bit. Maybe, you know, done. But you know, it's that stupid fucking throwing what cost us with with Forest. But I don't know. Look, I mean, it sums up. I know we're looking for players, and I know we're looking for strikers, and there's lots of rumours and everything else flying around with with them. We've all got our sources. What we keep fucking tapping up every day and trying to find out information and stuff like that. Some stuff we can put out there, some stuff we can't put out there until a bit later on and stuff. You know, it, it always works like that, but it, it's madness. On a day where we found out that we've lost two decent players, you know, all of a sudden we're fucking decent. on the lookout for a defender. Did you say? Do you say two decent players? I said, we, I said we've lost two decent players. Who, who, who are you talking about Arsenal Smith? No, I'm talking about fucking Bradshaw and fucking OJ. I thought, I thought, you, know, no Brad, fucking... I thought you meant Smith and Bovarson. I was no, going to say one decent no, player. Half player. No, no. I mean, and I can't, I, honestly, I can't, I can't watch Smith run anymore. He just makes me fucking die every time. <laughs> um, you know, Do you know what's and... scary um, about the, the January window? Like, obviously, wholesale changes is probably what's on order. Do you know the last time we made wholesale changes? We signed, I'll give you a clue, we signed the likes of um, pa- Paris Curran Hall, Stefan Meyerhofer, Sean Cummins, yeah. Holloway, um, Andy Wilkinson, Dan Harding, Diego Fabrini, Jos Hoyveld, Michael Tong, and Jordan Archer, and Gary Taylor Fletcher. That was the year we got relegated under Holloway. And obviously Good Harris options then. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Which one of those would you take now? Bring back I, Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, well, I bring back the half. Yeah, I watched Taylor Fletcher, something about Taylor Fletcher a little while ago, and he seems to have his head screwed on. But I think he was towards the end of his, end of his career, and I think Mill was just a weird match for him anyway. But I think you look, you look at that, and that, that is the reality. I think in the January window, we've never had a successful January window. I don't think, and I'd rather us just roll the dice on the youth at this point. And if you yeah. get one or two long-term targets in, if you want this Sibley, maybe go and push a little bit more for him or this Fleming. But I think now we're mid-table, 33 points, 34 points. I just think we're probably not going to go down. We probably need three or four more wins just to secure that. I just think you've kind of just got to go Hail Mary and just give the youth a chance, really. And when I say give the youth a chance, I don't mean throw them in every game, but go with what you got. And bolster numbers with your youth players. Get Hayden Muller in the squad. Get Bury in the squad. Get Nana Baratang in the squad. Even call back Tanto. And if you're going to play these players, and just yeah. give them an opportunity to play between now and the end of the season. And they're either sink or swim. Like I remember the year we went down in 2005 when Marvin Williams was involved. You know, like yeah, we went down that year, but we still saw a couple of players come through that you know grab grabbed the headlines. You know, and, and kind of done a good job for us. Marvin Elliott was involved in that team. Marvin Williams, even Ben May, done a good job back then. If anyone remembers Ben May, you know, being Q scene. Um, but you know, like I do think it's an opportunity to kind of give these players an opportunity to impress. And did that tickle you there, Mickey? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this is it though. I think we're at a point Those now. Where, no. <laughs> we're at a point now where like we've got a smallish squad, players are injured, call back your youth, sign maybe one or two players that you want to have as long-term targets, but don't buy panic players. Don't end up signing a DJ Campbell on loan or a Gary Taylor Fletcher on loan. Just give your, your own players an opportunity to impress, I think. That's me anyway. I, I totally agree with you. I think it, you know, I would don't yeah, I would be the same as you. Don't buy a player just because we need a player. Correct. Who potentially isn't going to do the job when we've got an academy full of players what would fucking bite your arm off to just have a chance. Um, you know, Lovelace, you know, Botang, fucking, you know, Bury, etc. 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 We've got players there what could do a job. And, you know, maybe look at them and just say, actually, look, you know, we've got most of the squad. We just need two. We're going to put you on the bench. We're going to bring you on at 65 minutes. And we want you to cause your opposition just just trouble. Just fucking run at them. And that's what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it would, it, you know, the managers who are out there probably will have hardly any information on these youth players because the youth setup is quite well protected. They probably don't have a lot of information compared to the first team, and it will it will it will throw a mix in whether or not he does it or not. I mean, he came out the other week and said, you know, he wants to make big changes and he wants to look at the academy and all of this sort of stuff. It's a difference between saying you want to look at it and actually playing it. It is two different things. But personally, I would agree with you. We've got some players in that youth team what potentially could score us goals and cause opposition um, some headaches, and I think that's. You know, we're safe. I don't think we're in any form of risk of being relegated. So There's I still think a chance you can go down. Don't very slim, isn't it? But I just I, think I think don't get don't get don't try and put circles in square pegs as the saying goes. Do you know what I mean? Like or round holes in square pegs, whatever. I think if you square need pegs a, in round holes, yeah, whatever the saying is. But if you need a bum on the seat, don't just give it to a contract to a loney that is. 32, 33 years old and it's towards the end of their career. Give it to someone in the squad that is 18, 19, 20, been with us for four or five years, impressed in the youth. Just give them an opportunity to play. I think that is not a bad directive now at this point of the season to go for. And who knows what that can kind of flourish. And also, you know, with everything that's going on at the minute over the last week where, you know, we, we can't get the players, all that. As soon as you start playing players in the first team from the academy... Other people will look at our academy to join it rather than fucking go somewhere else. If they think honestly that they can get first team football within four, five, six years, then you'll have people actually thinking about, well, yeah, we're coming because that's the only way really we're going to strengthen the team going forward with the youngsters and and build a solid, committed team of you know, a lot of lot of these kids together have grown up. I mean, remember when we did the Cherno interview, he said, you know, during that time, there was like four or five of them what come up from football team, you know, school football team, local football team, into the Millwall team. They even brought their coach in with them to keep them going and all that. And then, you know, they started making a noise. They started behaving. They started really forming a relationship together and, and they went about their business. And that's what we need. Again, we need some of these youths to really step up and just have that opportunity whether or not they get it or not is neither here. We, it's, it's all right that we sit there and talk about, you know, decisions we don't like and 
results we don't like and everything else week in, week out. But realistically, we've got fuck all to do with how things are changed or how things go. So hopefully, um, we know that people from the club listen to us. Um, hopefully, you know, that we can just give youth a chance. Um, this is the also the prop that a couple of years ago won the Southern Under-18s Championship. So, you know, like that they're a good bunch based on other levels and other teams. And a lot of them are in England as well. There's a few of them that are in the England setup as well. So, you know, there are half decent players there. Yeah, that's it. So... Who knows? We'll see. Um, I think we've actually come to a natural end anyway for our podcast tonight. Um, obviously, if you're listening, be sure to give us a subscribe and leave a like if you're listening on YouTube. Be sure to comment. We always appreciate your comments. Uh, anything else, Kai, you want to put into the show before you leave us today, mate? You're on mute. Unbelievable Mickey in disguise. No, I think that's about it, mate. I'm a little bit, but I'm going to leave now. I've been caught on mute and I say. That's all right. <laughs> Mickey's just First had a mate on camera as well. So there you go. He's broke his rule as well with the sound on. So anything you want to add, mate, before we shoot? No, I think we do when we do the next one later in the week, mate, then um we do a part two, then I've got a few things I um I want to talk about and, and just throw against you two a bit. So yeah, but we won't do it today. We'll do it on later on in the week, mate. And then we can cool. put some other announcements and, and whatnot, I suppose, then as well. So yeah. Hey ho. Remember, put a comment on YouTube. We read them all and it's good to to get some debate and and uh and and comments on there mate so uh yeah it's always good just gonna thanks for listening just gonna contain your excitement for what we've got coming forward anyway so we'll leave it at that anyway and not say any more about it uh, but yeah obviously as mickey said there be sure to comment subscribe we do appreciate it if you're on twitter uh be sure to follow us at that mill pod we always put polls on there, a bit of kind of stir some debate, and it's always good to get some interaction on there as well. And often we read out on the show. So if you want to have your say, be sure to get in contact with us. We do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we're going to leave it there. So thanks for tuning in to episode 36 of That Mill Podcast, 2021-22 season. We'll be back on Friday for a preview of our trip to the seaside. Fingers crossed we can have some transfers to talk about and hopefully we can uh, be in a joyous mood going into the new week and hopefully come deadline day, Mill can sign some players to kick on and save our season. Cheers, guys. See you soon. This summer, L.L. Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one. Next time you go camping, add some zip to the zippers on your tent by rubbing them with wax. Goodbye, noisy, sticky zippers. Hello, smooth pulling gear. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs, 
and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.